You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, Kyle Bourne. Welcome, Kyle. Hey, thank you, Jim. Thanks for having me on. appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Kyle, just to get us started, tell everybody a little bit about where you're from, what you do, and we'll get into how you got there. <laughs> Sounds good. Sure. I live in Louisville, Kentucky right now. We've been here for about the last three years. Originally, I'm from the Orlando area, a little town called Winter Park. There. Yeah, moved up here right in the middle of COVID. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Especially when Kentucky's shutting down and Florida staying open, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was kind of like we stepped back in time a little. I've got four kids as well. So everybody back home was all the kids were going to school. And then we got it told we were going to be uh, doing remote learning for about a month and a half. And uh, I think my wife almost went crazy, but <laughs> we survived. And But we're loving it up here. It's a great place. That's awesome. The winters um, are okay. When you're down here in Florida... As you know, and I know, your body gets a little adjusted, so 60 seems pretty cold. Yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like the blood's definitely thickened a little bit over the last few years, and I love the seasons. I mean, we used to come up here. My wife is from here originally, so you know, we came up a bunch and had a great time, and I love having the seasons, but I will say the biggest adjustment was this term that I had never heard of called the golf season. Mm. That, that was a little tough. I thought, oh, yeah, December 31st. To January 1st, right? And I was disabused of that pretty quickly uh, <laughs> come the winter. Yeah, you said you were thinking in season. Oh, that's just when I pay a little bit more to play golf, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how I think of this in season, right? Exactly. Golf courses yeah. raise all their prices. So Kyle, tell everybody what you do. Sure. So I do, I have a company called Unbridled Living. And we do, we focus on the active adult sector. And that is you know, 55 plus. So the best way that I, really the two best ways I could describe it, it's combining multifamily meets independent living. So you're not providing any care services. You're not providing dining. It really is more like age-restricted multifamily targeting, you know, targeting the sector that's looking to downsize from their home, but not yet ready for the full care and services that you would need in, in a typical senior housing community. I love that because, again, being in Florida, as you know, and especially where I'm at in Florida, I think Orlando's a lot younger than the Naples area, but you see people and, you know, at 58, I see people and I think, okay, that's where I'm going to be 20, 30 years from now. Like, and you see them making a transition and like, to me, I don't want it to ever be like this sad thing. I want it, there to be options where I'm independent. I'm playing golf. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've played golf, in fact, in Orlando with a guy who was 96 years old. Yeah. And when somebody got a birdie and they were doing these birdie shot things that I didn't do, but <laughs> at 96 year old, I think he had two fireball shots and then had a cocktail afterwards. And I said, I want to be that <laughs> guy someday, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not the drinking. I mean, not that I knew <laughs> the drinking part, but I mean, the fact that he could do yeah. that at 96 and still got in his car and drove home anyway okay so senior living but not assisted living really how did you get into that yeah so i've my experience i've spent about the last 15 years of my career 
doing seniors housing and a lot of other sectors too. I mean, pretty much everything but student housing and self-storage, but the bulk of my career has been in the seniors housing space. And so one of the things that I think that it really attracted me to want to target the active adult sector is you look at, there, there's been a problem everybody's been discussing in the seniors housing industry for the last 10 years. It is how do you solve for that middle market? You know, somebody who's not going to be not able to afford paying, you know, 3500 to 6000 and up, uh, kind of depending where you're at, a month for care and for that at that stage in their life. And it's a challenge. The biggest challenge is, and the thing that I believe we are solving is that affordability factor. And it's right. hard to do under typical, you know, seniors housing because you are providing the care. There's a lot of heavy fixed operating expenses. You have, you know, depending on, you know, the size of the community, you've got anywhere from 30 to 60 employees that are in this thing. You got dining, the food and all the activities, everything that you're having to do. And it's, it's hard to be able to charge in standard seniors housing under the typical model. It's hard to be able to get your rates high enough and keep them, sorry, keep them low enough to be able to be profitable. And so the thing that I think the solution for that problem is the active adult sector, where you are not providing that care, you're not providing the dining. However, you're, you're providing age-restricted multifamily. And, and, and one thing I think is important to point out is the average age of somebody moving into active adult uh, communities is 72 to 74 years old versus, you know, assisted living or even independent living, which is about 82 or 83 years old. So you are still targeting that old, older population. And what we can do is somebody can live, in, as you were pointing out, independently, that 96-year-old guy who's golfing and doing that, you can live in one of these communities. And what we will do is we'll partner with local home health groups. If there's anything that they, any type of services that they need beyond, you know, somebody who ab absolutely needs to be in a place where they are getting 24-7 care, you can get all of that and still live in your home environment, still live as independently as you want to until you it's absolutely clear that you need something else. So, you know, again, I'm thinking about this from like an investment operational perspective. If I am investing or owning assisted living facilities, I mean, people are in those assisted living facilities for what, three to five years, something like that? Yeah, that, that's a fair, I mean, it, it kind of depends on your acuity level, but yeah, that's a good, that's a good estimate, three to five years. And it sounds like the people that are going to be in your communities are going to be in there double or triple that somewhere in that range. I mean, as an yeah. average, right? I mean, obviously the 96 year old guy would still be there, <laughs> which is great. I mean, he'd be in there 20 some years, but the, I like that because as you know, turnover costs money. You have to have staff to show people mm -hmm. the facility and move the other people out and so on. And it's also this, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but it's a little less sad environment, right? Yes. It's not like, oh yeah, Barbara, yep, she didn't make it. Um, you know, it's like, that's not happening uh, on a regular basis. It's, hey, Barbara's moving on because she needs more help. And so I like that. So are you looking for investors? What kind of investor do you look for, Kyle? Who's kind of your ideal client? Yeah. So my ideal client, and 
first to your point, yeah, you're looking at a longer time frame on the residents here. So that's something that I think is a huge plus as owners, as investors in this community, but also too for the residents. They can have that length of stay and correct. It's not as, as nearly as sad of an environment. We like to, it's active adult for a reason, right? You know, it's yeah. not the other. But yeah, so the perfect investor for me is somebody who's a accredited investor and somebody who's looking for the tip. The strategy that we're pursuing right now is acquiring older, distressed seniors housing communities, like we were talking about, communities that are struggling because they can't raise rates enough to keep up with newer communities. They might have a lot of debt coming due and refinancing at today's rates is a little scary. So what we're doing is we're coming in and we're buying these older communities for, you know, I'd like to say between $45,000 and $75,000 a unit, which is extremely below replacement cost. And so we're looking to renovate those a little bit as we need to, but convert them from these assisted living community, the, the model for that, that just doesn't work and turn it into the active adult model that we believe does work and provides a great return. So our investors, you know, yes, they're looking for total return, but also depending on how quickly we can get the transition and from the senior housing community to the active adult community. And depending too, there's some instances where you have independent living residents who are already in these communities, but are perfectly qualified for active adult. Right. There is, you know, so somebody who, yeah, their goal is a total return, but there will also be some current income once we can get these communities up, at least up high enough to where they're obviously covering debt service and get into the, you know, I'd like to say in the 80% occupancy. So yeah, there is some near, there are some short term, some early distributions income that can occur. But again, we really like somebody who's looking for that total return type of an investment. Right. Somebody that doesn't, this isn't their lunch money. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't need it. Like, Hey, I thought I was going to get, you know, whatever dividend, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. That. Yeah. So I look just so that we're clear, cause I think sometimes people are in the audience and they're like accredited investor. I, I don't know if I'm an accredited investor. So just go through those rules real quick. Yeah, sure. So a credit investors, somebody who's got a million dollar net worth, not including their house, and they recently changed it as well. But there's, I believe it's 200 for an individual income level of $200,000 a year. And as a couple, I believe it's $300,000 a year. The SEC's introduced some, you know, if you're a professional, quote unquote, professional in real estate or investment, then you could qualify under that as well. But yeah, the biggest thing is, is that million dollar net worth, not including the house. Right, right. So I think, yeah, sometimes I think people think, well, I'm not an accredited investor, but you probably, you know, a lot of people are. Probably are. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Is there any times <clears throat> where you go in and you take a multifamily property and you convert it to this, or is it mostly you're converting the other way. Yeah, you can't. You can definitely take a multifamily building and convert it to active adult. I mean, there are so many similarities from, I mean, unlike assisted living or memory care, you don't really have, you know, those stricter qualifications on the construction side to do. So yes, you can. I think the biggest challenge right now on converting multifamily to active adult is the fact that People who own multifamily communities, apartment buildings, they're still thinking that their buildings are worth a, a four cap on an exit. They haven't really, I, I think this is changing from everything I've seen in my experience. 
people are starting to realize that the world has changed a, a little bit over the last 12, 16 months. But that is the one challenge on the multifamily side of converting is just getting the right price. And whereas I do think the seniors housing industry has seen, it is coming to the realization much sooner than multifamily that there's trouble, uh, especially, you know, if you're an owner uh, of one of these communities, whether you're a, a REIT or somebody who maybe owns only, you know, one, two or three uh, of these communities, when you're not covering debt service and you're starting to have those conversations with lenders, uh, you start wondering, okay, put yourself in their shoes. It's like, okay, I either need to dump, you know, two or three million dollars into my building to get this to where I can charge the kind of rates that the newer competition in the market is charging. Or, you know, I'm just struggling through and figuring out how to work something out with the lender. And it, you know, it's some during COVID, you know, a lot of lenders were, you know, th there was an understanding, right? This is a, you know, once in a lifetime event. The, the lenders were pretty forgiving and working through, you know, defaults, whether technical or much more serious, but that's changing. And there is just this understanding, like you either have to be meeting your covenants and you've got to get your revenue up and control your expenses or, you know, what do you do? You got to, the other alternative is you put the, a lot of the money in and a lot of folks are just like, and at the end of the day, this is, I don't want to put that money into this or I don't have that money to put into this. And so we're starting to see a lot of that realization hit in the seniors housing industry, which those kind of communities are the perfect opportunities for us. And either like I've got several that I'm looking at right now where the REIT is it's a REIT that's an owner. And to them, this is these communities are just a hassle and they would rather be done and get them off their books, get off the debt and move on with uh, the other areas of their business that are more profitable. Well, and I think maybe there's some value coming from those folks too, because I think there'll be some opportunities and sometimes just patience a little bit and timing and everything else. But explain why you need to be with somebody who really knows what they're doing and is in this for the long term. Yeah. Everything in my life that people have chased short term has never worked out well for them. Yeah. I mean, whether they were mortgage brokers in 2005, making a million bucks a year, and then they were, you know, working at Taco Bell in 2011. I mean, um, <laughs> not, nothing wrong with people who are working at Taco Bell. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to chase, not chase, you have to build long term. And it's one of the things that Nelson Nash was so brilliant at because he was a forester. So when he talked about infinite banking, mm. but one of the things that I think about, like with capital calls and things like that, that are happening out there in the real estate world. Well, if I have my own bank, like I'm doing infinite banking and I've got this money sitting there waiting for emergencies and opportunities, so there's going to be both right now. Yeah. And when I can get that access to that money and I can actually use the insurance company's money. So my money stays in there growing tax free, guaranteed every day. And the insurance company has to give me an interest only loan. So now that means this capital call of 500 grand that I get or something, I'm just making like, you know, something that would make most people shiver. Guess what? I'm only paying the interest on that while I have that money out. Right. Right. Yeah. Now I can handle that a lot better. So I'm a lot more stable. 
But I've heard over and over and over again, you know, capital call, capital call, whatever with people yeah. lately. And it's like, if you had the infinite banking system, you wouldn't worry as much, right? right? Because again, on a hundred grand, it's going to cost me five grand and I don't have to pay it till the next year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like I got time, but when it's like, hey, write a check and that came out of my checking account or some other cash account. And now that hurts me. That's a big yeah. difference. Stings. Um, yeah. So, Kyle, how do people get a hold of you or how do they learn more about what you do and how do they ask you questions and things like that people in the audience might have? Sure. Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. We are developing our presence as well on Facebook, Instagram. You know, my email address, it's pretty simple, kyle.born at unbridledliv.com. So, yeah, going either going to the website, which is unbridledliv.com. And contacting us, I mean, obviously that's going to come, I'm going to see that or shooting me an email as probably, or even a message on LinkedIn. Those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, love to talk to anybody. And yeah. That's amazing. You know how time changes, Kyle, you're a young guy, but you have all these ways to get a hold of somebody <laughs> and it's not the phone, you know, Hey, just <laughs> call me. here's my phone number. You know, it's like, it's just funny just how life changes and it changes for the better in a lot of ways. And as long as you don't lose uh, sight of the values that have that will that never change for thousands of years, yeah. then you're going to be okay because the rest of it's just kind of noise and society and how it kind of goes along. But what I really like, Kyle, is that you are thinking about this long term because you said that in the very beginning, and that hey, we're not looking for somebody looking for this right away, and and that also allows you not to get blindsided like some of these other, like you said, REITs. REITs are famous for that. They've been doing it forever. And yeah. I mean forever. <laughs> and so, you know, I would encourage people to, just like everything else, educate yourself. And when you go on the website and look at the free resources and things, and then you have questions, reach out to Kyle and his team and, and get some questions answered. So, all right, Kyle, I'll put you on the hot spot for a second. <laughs> What's the best advice? You've obviously been very successful. I know you guys are really good at what you do. And, you know, I also like that you're humble because you didn't say we have this much real estate under management and all that stuff. I know how much you have and it's impressive. That's what I would tell the audience. I'll let Kyle tell you on a one-to-one -one basis, but I like that you didn't come on and brag. It's like, hey, we know what we're doing and we're looking for people like this. Uh, but along the way to become so successful, somebody had to give you some good advice, whether it was your parents or your pastor or somebody, what's the best advice anybody's ever given you? I'd say the best advice is that I was ever given was, uh, it's probably a couple things it, combined together. It was one, whatever you do, do it with integrity. You as well as me, we're in the integrity business. If, yeah. if people can't trust what you say, they can't trust what you, uh, your word. Uh, and if you do things at the end of the day or cut corners for any variety of uh, different areas, of the investment world, it's it, it will kill you and it will really harm people as well. So the biggest thing was whatever you're doing, do it with integrity. And the other two are, I would say, is you know you persevere. There's obviously there's if you've been in any type of business, but especially investments and real estate long enough, you know that perseverance during the troubled times and trying to you know, no matter what, you keep going on and you keep looking, okay, not viewing things as problems, 
but really as opportunities. That along with giving it 110%, whatever you do, those have been the best things that I've ever been told. And, And they're true. But I think the biggest thing is integrity. And yeah, so just being full, giving anybody, talking to investors, talking to business partners, not trying to promise the moon, not trying to say, oh, look at all the great things that we can do for you. It's just being real, being honest. And, and you know, so you're in the stewardship business, right? You've got, you're taking, people have worked hard a long time uh, to earn the money that they're entrusting you with. So I take that extremely seriously. And, yeah. No, yeah. I love that. I mean, I love all of those three points. Integrity is, you know, like you said, the number one thing, because what you have to do, I think, especially if you're a young person starting off in life, is just find your niche. Mm-hmm. But then if you approach it with integrity, with honor, with humility, then then, like you said, you have to persevere through it because... <laughs> There will be, it's like when you, you know, if you're a person of faith and you really, the, if your walk is like on point, you will be attacked. There will be noise. There will be attacks. And yeah. all you have to do is persevere through it. In that case, I take it as a compliment. I must be getting close. Like yeah. my heart must be in the right place because I am getting pounded, right? Oh, yeah. And, and so I really like that. All right, Kyle. Also, last question. If God came down from heaven and only allowed you to retain the knowledge that you've received from one book you've read, not the Bible, (laughs) what would that book be? Oh, that is a really good question (laughs) because there's so many good books. Uh, You know, I would say good to great. I love it. That's the the one that uh, jumps immediately to mind because it's you know, you're trying as you ask the question. I'm thinking through. Okay, am I talking about like a personal book, or am I talking about something business related? But I would answer it with that because I think you can apply that not just to business and your career and doing that, but it is it's a concept that's transferable to your life. Yeah, going from well. level four to level five, you could do that as a parent too, right? Like you don't want to be <laughs> the parent that's like, hey, let me tell you how great I am, and that therefore, you know. That makes me think of Coach Prime out there in Colorado. And (laughs) one of the things that I really, I got to tell you, you know, somebody asked me the other day, are you on Team Prime or not on Team Prime? I don't care if he wins another game. I love what he's teaching those kids. And and I love that he's doing it the right way. And he's Mm -hmm. not making apologies for anything. It's like, hey, this is me. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, okay. If you want to doubt it, doubt it. I'm okay with that too. So I got to tell a quick story one time. I had this guy uh, that was working for this. He was like a president of, uh, he wasn't a president. He was like three levels down from this insurance company that I was thinking about using. And we're not insurance agents, but we set the insurance contract up so people can do infinite banking. And he said to me, you know, Jim, I'm not sure that, that he did, had no idea how successful I was in life. He said, I'm not sure your ego is strong enough. Your ego drive, excuse me, was, is strong enough to be super successful in this industry. Hmm. And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not in this industry, <laughs> but thank you. Number two is I'm going to send you a book and I, I really hope you read it. And I sent him good to great because nice. as you know, I want to be a servant leader and it doesn't need to be all about me. 
that's not how I lead. I want it to be about my people and my people and their success, including my clients. And I know I, I sense that that's part of what you like about that book too. Yeah. No, it's, you want your, you know, I think the big thing is, is it's, you know, like you said, it's your clients, it's you personally, but it's the people who work for you, work with you. You know, I really do believe in kind of that win-win philosophy and it doesn't, there's not a limited amount of wins that are out there. If I win, somebody else loses. That's just, you know, there's people who approach it really cutthroat like that, but life's too short and that's not something I'm interested in doing. I grew up with them in the business world, Kyle, and I can tell you that I feel sorry for them if they're still doing that at my age at 58, <laughs> because when I heard Zig Ziglar was the first person I heard say, you know, if you want something or help, help people get what they want and you'll get more than what you expect or more than, than what you want in return, like you'll get more than you would, than you expect, right? right. Just help other people get what they want. You know, I had to hear that I was a slow learner in, okay. in my 20s, and I had to hear that 10 times. And then the 10th time, it was like magic. <laughs> oh, because the first time I heard it, it was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. But you know what? I got to pay the bills. Yep. Like, it's got to be like, I got to go do this, you know? And then it was like, no, I got to get to 100,000 of income. Then I got to get to 250. Like, I had these things in my head, and it was about money and numbers and I thought that's what wealth meant. But as I got older and I learned, and it was revealed to me that it doesn't have anything to do with wealth, yeah. is, is wealth is being a servant, helping other people. And when you do, just like Zig Ziglar said, I have way more than I ever expected. I have way more than I deserve. And it's all by just trying to help other people. So I, I feel you have that heart too. So I commend you on that. All right, Kyle. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for being on the show. And I really encourage everyone to go to Kyle's website and look at the resources, reach out, ask questions and see if this is right for you, because this sector makes sense to me. And, you know, it's about your mindset, Kyle. So thank you so much for having a great mindset. And we're going to end this episode like we do all episodes with the great words of Earl Nightingale. So take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.